All right, folks, what's up? Check this out. This is our little annual. It's like our second time doing this. Our second yeah. annual year in review and I guess you can say our predictions for 2015 this time around, man. This is always a fun show. We can look back and look at some of the episodes from the past year, some of our favorite episodes, and talk about why they were our favorite episodes, as well as talk about some things, man, that not only are predictions for 2015, hopefully it's some things that will make people think and, and again, work on that get your head out of your ass syndrome thing that we talk about or things to avoid to get your head up your ass. So just other words, we call these business tips and fitness trends okay those yeah man you know in a, in a more nicer way of saying that this is nice as we can get with it but anyway yeah. Man, yeah this is always a fun show for me man so it's gonna be a lot yeah, of fun I agree, man. and it's always good because this is like a nice little bonus show to throw in in the mix of everything we're having a great month as it is with some of our guests and you've got mac danzig and we just had ian king we've had ori hoffmeckler so we're off to a good start and this right here is just a bonus right here so there's our little gift for you guys for 2015 so, yeah, so this is kind of like episode 116 and a half, I guess you could say. <laughs> so perfect, man. Yeah, man, I agree 100 percent. And just looking at last year, it was such it was such a groundbreaking year for the show. When you look at it, the guests we had on and it was I was thinking about my five or six favorite guests. And it was actually hard to narrow it down to that short list because there were so many episodes with incredible guests that I thoroughly enjoyed. But before we even get into that. I've got a couple funny stories, actually. In fact, I've got one really funny story. I've been waiting for this one. Totally unrelated, <laughs> but it has to be said to be believed. Actually, it has to be heard to be believed, and even then, it's you're still going to be incredulous when you hear this one. But it's funny. Okay, so there's a nice field behind my house. You know, I live in a really nice neighborhood in Seven Hills in in Las Vegas. It's beautiful, just outside the city. So anyway, there's a really nice field behind my house where I like to go sprinting, take the dogs out there in the morning, let them sniff around, and then I get my runs in. And last Monday, I'm doing my runs, minding my own business, listening to some great music, Mad Ball, Take Offense, Riding Out, Trapped Under Ice, just getting into this workout, enjoying it. Yeah. And around my eighth run, I'm walking back to the beginning to start my ninth run, and I noticed that one of my neighbors is in his backyard, and it looks like he's talking in my direction. I can't hear him because I have the headphones on. Anyway, I'm assuming he's about to apologize because the whole time I'm running, his dog has been barking nonstop. My right. dogs aren't even bark, aren't even making a peep. Right. They're not barking one bit. His dog is just barking nonstop, probably because he sees this crazy guy running on a field and he's getting excited. No big thing. Didn't bother me. I had my music on. So anyway, I'm assuming the guy's about to apologize. So I didn't even take my headphones off. I just waved to him. And then he's still talking. So I go, okay, he must want to say something. So I take my headphones off and I go, hey, I couldn't hear you. What are you trying to say? And he goes, why do you have to run on this field when there's so many other fields in the neighborhood? You know, my dog is barking and you're running here and so forth. And at, at this moment, I'm completely incredulous. I can't believe <laughs> this guy is saying this. It was one of those moments of disbelief before you respond. And then I, then I got my wherewithal. And to quote, to quote Samuel Jackson, allow me to retort, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there going, I can run wherever I want. This is a public field. I live in that house right over there. This is convenient for me. And then, of course, he changed his tune immediately. Oh, oh, oh of course you have every right. You know, just a nice person wouldn't do this. Nice I go, a nice on, person? No, a fat person wouldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I go, a nice person wouldn't leave his dog in the backyard barking incessantly, irritating the whole neighborhood. I go, I promise you, none of my neighbors are bothered by me running in this field. 
but they all are bothered by your dog barking incessantly. So here's the solution, wise guy. Put your dog inside the house for the 20 minutes I'm out here doing my workout twice a week. I'm out there twice a week for 20 minutes max. So put your fucking dog inside for those 20 minutes. You know, if, if my dogs are in the backyard, Grover and Rabia, and someone yeah. walks by, guess what? They start barking too. It's a natural, it's yeah, a natural it's reaction. What do I do? I bring them inside yeah, the house. I do the same I don't thing. Tell Austin the starts barking. I'm yeah. like, dude, come on inside. And, you know, he sees the big dog. He wants to bark. You know, he wants to, you yeah. know, state his claim I mean, or whatever. They, if they see anyone, they're going to bark. But yeah. my attitude is I don't tell the person walking behind hey, don't walk by field, my not to walk there. <laughs> you're, you're pissing my dog off. Can you go away? Like, so, I mean, just in, in this guy's irrational mind, he somehow believed that he wasn't in the wrong. His dog is barking unnecessarily. And somehow I'm the bad guy because I'm running, working out on a public field. And, you know, the moral of the story is that even when you're trying to do something good for yourself, there's often going to be dipshits or impediments that try to steal your thunder. And the only solution is to tell them to F off defiantly (laughs) and keep moving forward. That's all you can do. So it just goes – it's just (laughs) – if anything, I mean, what what this guy should be doing besides keeping his dog inside and all that, he should be inspired by seeing me run out there consistently because I've been doing it for months. So you have to ask, how many times has he looked out into that field and made any use of it besides taking his dog out there to take a crap? <laughs> so exactly. It's a public you, field. Yeah, you're probably making him very uncomfortable. Like, well, sh- I see. I, I look at this field every day. I've never ran sprints. You're making me feel uncomfortable about myself. Hey, dude, stop running. You're, you're pissing my dog off and, and, and my insecurity. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like I'm angry at your dog who doesn't need to be in the backyard walking. I'm so stupid. But you know what's funny is like minutes later I was thinking about it. I was talking to my friend Tom Ritz about this, and we're both big fans of the movie Heat. Yeah. And I was thinking I wish I thought of just retorting with some totally random line from Heat while this was happening, such as, I've got tactical command that supersedes your rank. You would allow me to run, <laughs> and that's <laughs> I will run on this field, and you will allow it. <laughs> I just wish I came up with something like that. Or Tony Robbins has this funny line where it's called a pattern break, right? Where let's right. say someone's like, hey, man, you cut me off in traffic, and then you respond with something totally random off topic, such as, hey, man, you look like you need to fart. <laughs> just leave it there. And they just give you that look like huh yeah exactly i wish i wish i did that with this dude i was like you know what the problem here is like what it's like you need to fart man i mean you look constipated you look like you're about to implode i think that's the larger issue here that yeah, you're not just, dealing with just throw some just random movie quote like you get killed you get killed walking your doggy <laughs> <laughs> just walk away he's like what oh man it's like, it's like, did your wife tell you to come out of here? What do you mean? Because she's got a fast. And you got your head all the way up. Just, just random heat quotes there every time someone tries to piss you off. Our, our uh, Samuel Jackson and Pulp Fiction. It's like, oh, shut God. the fuck up, fat man. This ain't got nothing to do with you. <laughs> but, of course, you never think of this stuff on the spot. But what I did think of on the spot was to not back down one inch and tell right. this guy to F off. And he was surprised. The fact I, I don't know why a guy looking at someone like me would be surprised by the fact that I'm not going to back down. <laughs> if I saw Brock Lesnar running in the backyard, I'm not going to go mess with that. No, dude. I'm not going to say, that, hey, you big, giant, pale, <laughs> muscle-bound. You know, I'm just going to go back inside. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> this, this guy is probably a member of the local HOA here, and he goes to the board meetings where they talk about how, why people shouldn't have their car parked in front of the house. And right. he's one of those kind of dipshits for sure because 
It's the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. Obviously, the guy's not working, so he's probably some retiree who's got nothing better to do with his fucking time except make issues, or, make problems with their aunt, Danny. Or he's sitting on his butt collecting unemployment for the next 99 months. So guess what? I'm paying taxes. So basically, I can tell you what to do. Shut up. <laughs> you know what? This guy couldn't to touch his bit. toes to save his life, so that's, that's, probably, <laughs> that's probably what's going on for sure. But anyway, man, you know, what's funny is it's one of those curb your enthusiasm moments for those of you guys who watch Larry David. It's Kirby Enthusiasm show. <laughs> Funny-ass show. But when you do a podcast, st- things like this are just opportunities because oh, it's a yes. funny story to tell. We got a good laugh off of it. So it's about it's turning, a pos- it's turning a negative into a positive. And also the other positive is that right before he gave me this crap, I was on my ninth run, and I was beat. I was like, man, I- I'm going to get one more in, and I'm going to call it a day. After that, he-, he-, he pissed me off so much, my adrenaline went through the roof. I did five more runs. <laughs> I did five more rounds. Yeah, I did about 13 runs total with Boss Rutten's O2 trainer, level nine, which is fucking oh, awesome. Man, yeah. O2 trainer's killer. And that's a good segue into my favorite guest last year because Boss Rutten was was definitely one of my favorite guests. Yeah, MMA man. legend, super cool guy, nice guy, very, very amiable, easy to get along with. And he, he was nice enough to send both you and I yeah. his O2 trainer, which is this it's kind of a high-altitude mimicker. And basically, it improves your respiratory system. It uh, it allows it makes your lungs work harder when you're doing any kind of endurance work. So it's yeah. perfect for sprinting or hiking or long distance running. Not long distance, but maybe like a mile jog or something like that. But anyway, I use it for sprinting because I don't yeah. do any of the other shit. Yeah, and, I like uh, I like to use my when I'm, well. when I'm skipping rope, man. Usually with that, and just to get the heart rate up a little bit more because I've gotten to the point where I've skipped rope so much that I have to find a way of challenge it. With, Challenge myself without being stupid, you know, instead of, you know, how some people just come up with just these crazy asinine ways of doing things just to try to push themselves a little bit further or whatever. So next thing you know, they're they're skipping rope and they're trying to do box jumps at the same time. These type of idiots that you see on YouTube. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, I don't use right? the O2 trader when I'm doing 45 inch box jumps. Right? I, don't, I don't I don't I don't use it when I'm deadlifting. It wouldn't make sense. There. Nah, I've thought about using it when banging. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but to my, yeah, then you're sitting there, you're on top of someone, you're like freaking Bane from Batman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, so it's all, so like, it's all about variety. Like, it's all, it's so it's all about... You yourself well if you go ahead and have your orgasm now. That may be someone's fantasy right there. You're yeah. like, oh, my God, I got banged by Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Darth Vader's on top exactly. of me. Exactly. <laughs> Because basically, yeah, that's what this out. thing is, man. It's basically anyone who's ever cool. suffered from asthma, or whatever. It's, it's basically this is where Boss got the idea from because he grew up with asthma. I grew up with asthma, and as soon as he started describing the, um, the O2 train on the show, just as he was talking about, it, I knew exactly how this thing was working. That's what got me so excited about it compared to all the other wannabe high altitude trainers and the O2, you know, and the O2 trainers and things like that. I mean, the other trainer, I can't even think of the other one now that, um, that I had before. I don't, I don't even remember it at this point because the thing is, instead of just really focusing on, you know, how much you're going to actually like, you know, breathe in and breathe out and, you know, just really trying to like feel as if you can't blow anything out. This is more about inhaling it, man. And just, I don't know, man. I really like it. Like, even though it kind of messed with me psychologically in the beginning, because it did feel like old asthma attacks, you know. And so it brought back a lot of. It's a trigger moment for a bit there. Like, okay, this kind of sucks, but actually it's kind of cool because I don't have asthma anymore. But like, it just brought back all those things of childhood. Kind of wish I had it back then, because I think it really would help a lot of people who do suffer from asthma instead of having to just go out and buy the latest and greatest asthma drug or something like that, which is funny to me. 
you know, you it definitely it definitely reinforces optimal breathing technique. Because yes. when I when I go sprinting, I did some sprints late last night, and I felt like I was flying. And no, yeah. it's not because I smoked weed before, but I just <laughs> I just felt like, sprinting at night with the cold air. It's an incredible oh, feeling. Yeah. And I just I had the O2 trainer in, and I, I really felt like I was just flying, man. I was just running fast because I was able, my ability to suck in air is so much more efficient now from yeah. using the O2 trainer that it just it just parlays right into that sprinting, and you, it, it's incredible, man. It's anyone who's anyone who's used it knows what we're talking about. But yeah, one of the things it does, man, is it. I think one of the biggest problems with a lot of people who run, they panic breathe when they run. They're like, oh, yes. Oh, oh. And I, one of the things I always train people with, man, just something I took from track. It's just like, you know, do your best to try to breathe through your nose when you run. A lot of times people just they don't think about that. It's really hard for them to wrap their brains around it, trying to breathe through their nose the entire time. You know, or if it's really cold and let's say somebody's kind of sick and you're stuffed up and you're snotty, then they really don't want to breathe through their nose or whatever. And they, like I said, they go to that panic breathing. But here's the thing. A lot of things come with panic breathing. You don't get enough oxygen into your diaphragm. You don't get to really give it, have it function efficiently. But at the same time, you're also telling your brain something's going wrong. You're panic breathing. So it's thinking like you're in trouble. So then that kind of fight or flight thing kicks in. Your blood pressure goes up. Heart rate goes up. And then you, you tend to exert yourself a lot faster because it's kind of like pretty much your brain doesn't know the difference between are you in trouble or just not breathing correctly. It feels like, okay, we're in trouble here. You know, we can't right. breathe normally. And we're like, huh. Well, that's the thing about it. So next thing you know, your running is not as efficient now. You're getting tired a lot faster. That's why I like this thing. It kind of makes you have to relax and get an equal amount of oxygen in and out and use your diaphragm equally instead of just like just all about just exhaling really, really hard and not getting enough on the inhale. So it right. really trains you with that. And it even works just sitting there and meditating. I really like to meditate with it as well. Because one thing about a lot of times people, when they talk about meditating, you know, I can't really focus on my breath. I can't see the thing about it. So much, too many things are going through my brain. Well, my thing is take this O2 trainer, man, and then meditate with that for five minutes just to get started. One thing about it, you will focus on your breathing with that thing. There's the whole monkey brain thing and everything going in and out of your head is pretty much going to be minimized because you're really focusing on this thing that you're breathing through this this tight little tube. Depending on which which setting you use, you know, you just mentioned you use nine. I've used like ten and eleven things like that because you have to really focus. Oh, but, for for sitting meditation, yeah, yeah I, I've gone up to about I think I've gone up to the highest level, twelve yeah, or thirteen. Man. I think fourteen is <laughs> the highest level. I've yeah. gone up to just sitting there and doing the deep breathing. I've gone up to level thirteen, and and it's incredible to do at the end of a day to really relax yeah. and get into a into a parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system yeah, exactly. state where you're just more relaxed yeah yep so definitely man so yeah that's definitely one of my favorite episodes another one of my favorite episodes man this past year was uh our episode with john hines you know with the whole truth behind trx yeah that was good <laughs> you know, that was a very eye-opening episode for a lot of people out there man I mean, you, you I, know what's funny about that one buddy is i noticed that a lot of people didn't share that episode because they're in bed <laughs> they're in bed with the trx and they yeah. didn't want to be complete they didn't want to lose their trx sponsorship which or their is probably, trx certification that they have yeah yeah a lot of a lot of people even after they heard that episode they still didn't want they still chose to not believe it because because by believing it they would have to admit stuff about themselves and Cognitive make some corrections yeah. at its best yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know so yeah, exactly definitely one of my favorites man and the thing about it you know a lot of times people who heard about the episode think there was a trx bashing situation where it was all all of us against trx but no there was some very enlightening 
points in the show where we actually brought some things to life for John himself that he had to yeah. learn, you know, yes. that he had to make, he had to come to terms with. And, yes. he, and he appreciated the fact that we brought those things up to help him see that. So well, that there were, there were things he could have done to protect better. himself that yeah. he didn't do. And it was actually, a, it was actually a good episode for me because there yeah. were a lot of things that I was naive about with my own business yeah. that I realized, man, I better get educated on protecting certain aspects of my business. Exactly. Exactly. So it was very eye opening on so many fronts, man. So it wasn't about just bashing TRX or anything like that. And, you know, we'll, I'll still say to this day, you know, the door was always open and still is open for TRX to come on and state their side of the story because I'm a big proponent in, you know, there's two sides to everyone's story and then there's the truth. So we heard John's side <laughs> and it would be nice to hear their side. And to be honest, you know, Ed. To be honest, I, to be honest, I could give a fuck about yeah. what their side of the story is. Man. We already know the, they already know the truth. We already know the truth. Well, I mean, the fact and that you know, the fact I, that I, I could care them, less. Look, yeah. here's the thing: I tagged. I made sure that I tagged them every time we put the put the the episode out there on on Twitter or whatever. So it's not like they didn't know about the episode. No. So you know, they just like. Well, Bottom well, line is, they took John to court and lost. And lost. They got their ass <laughs> handed to them because everyone in the room realized that what their their arguments had no substance whatsoever. Exactly. So, yeah, that, like I said, that was one of my favorites, man. You know, it's just. Yeah, that was a good one, man. Tyrone, Tyrone Bell was another one of my favorites oh, because yeah. we're both huge Spartacus fans. Yeah. So to get the inside track on a lot of the things that happened behind the scenes was fascinating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was a that was a good way to, you know, kind of give us some closure to Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah you know, because that <laughs> series finale was so weak, we needed to have some kind of conversation with someone, no doubt, because my brother still talks. My, my brother's always like, if Roger's like, if I make a lot of money, I'm going to reshoot that whole episode and hire all the actors. <laughs> I go, do it quick, man. Those guys aren't getting any younger. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, just for my own benefit, I'm going to reshoot the whole episode, rewrite the last episode and shoot it. He probably will, too. Man, that's the funny thing. He's that he's that crazy to do exactly, that exactly man yeah. john john joseph was another fun one man oh yeah that john was, uh, man you you want to talk about a reverend like show man i mean john yeah, he's a straight yeah. shooter man it was so much fun to have him on the show and one of the type of guests that we really like because it really fits the personality of this show you know there was no let me not say this because i don't want to finish john doesn't give a pardon no. my friends doesn't give a fuck well he, he wrote he wrote he wrote a book called meat is for pussies, pussies. that's, that's <laughs> pretty much says it all you know if you have the balls to write a book like that <laughs> that says everything you need to know about John's personality is in that book title because that, that guy is totally irreverent. Man. He's been through some really tough things that would break most people, and he's right. still here persevering. He knows exactly who he is, what he's all about, so he's he's not afraid to be who he is. And that, that, that came through all too clearly in that episode. Like him or hate him, you have to respect the fact that he's being authentic. Exactly. And there's a big message right there. Knowing He knows who he is. And that's one yeah. of the things we really try to drive home here, really find out who you are, man. You know – Turn off all these other distractions before you end up blending in and becoming these distractions and start thinking that that's what you have to do and that's who you have to be, whether it's in fitness or any other aspect of business. Stop going to every freaking marketing seminar that's out there and thinking that you have to do this to try to make a million like this guy did. Or you just keep going to all these marketing seminars and you get all these products and you do <laughs> nothing with them, it's, you know, and – Next thing you know, you're pretty much hopping in bed with everyone out there just to try to make a name for yourself because it's, it's, here's the thing, because that's safe. That's a safe thing to do because you're afraid to step out on your own and do your own thing because you're afraid it might fail. Who gives a damn if it fails? That's how you learn. There's not yeah. one truly highly successful person out there that has not failed a gazillion trillion times. They fail more times than you've tried to even start. So there's a yeah, difference you're not right there. 
Exactly. Exactly. You're not going to you're not going to create real financial success just getting in bed with every offer that comes your way. Exactly. You have to you have to create your own entity, your own products, your own services, your own brand. That's how you create real security. Is it more risky? Absolutely. But yeah. what in some ways it's less risky because once you establish it, you have a money vehicle that can pay you indefinitely if you stay on top of things and keep doing the smart moves. Too many people in our business just look for quick bucks. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people in our business where if someone even offered them a couple hundred bucks a month to say they do something that they don't use, they'll do it <laughs> in exactly. a heartbeat. We could go down a long list of fucking people we've seen do that. Exactly. To my my biggest thing is when you when you get to the point where you're doing this and, and you're you, you're claiming that you're using some product or you're claiming why you you want to work with this company and that's the first thing you do is like you want to explain why to people who didn't ask you why that says a lot right there that you're not very confident of why you're yeah you're doing sending it. about that's you're guilt. sending out an email that no one cared no one asked <laughs> explaining why you're doing something. Hey, I'm working so with so and so and I'm gonna tell you why I didn't ask. <laughs> it's, about, it's, about, it's like you walking by me, hey man, you wanna know why my balls itch? Uh, a, I didn't, I didn't ask you why your balls itch, yeah. and I don't want to talk about your balls. Okay, so keep that uh, my, 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 my attitude is, I mean, if you're going to endorse someone's products, as long as you genuinely use it and have benefited from it, there's nothing wrong with that. In exactly. fact, that's, that's the philosophy of my nutrition supplement line is that I will never sell something that I don't use personally and have benefited from. The four supplements I carry, I use all of them and have benefited from all of them. Long before I decided to sell any of them. Right. So that's, that's the way to legitimize everything. It's like, I'm not going to make products that I don't want to use personally. So if you're going to use some company's products, that's fine. As long as you actually use it and benefit it from it, no problem. But the, the reality is, is that if a company has to pay you to say that you use it, that tarnishes the, that tarnishes the, that tarnishes everything right away. Yeah, that's another thing I want to bring up. Like the fact that people have to go and have, Paid endorsements. They have to go out and sponsor yeah. an athlete to actually just just to say, "Hey, I like this product." You know, and, and they're, they're pretty much sounding just like this. Yeah, I like so and so's product, man. It works very well. I really like it, man. <laughs> it's one of my yeah. favorites. This stuff okay, is wait a minute. Who the fuck are you, iRobot? Why are you talking like that, man? Where's yeah. your enthusiasm? You know, where's yeah. your enthusiasm? You can always tell when someone really, truly loves a product, man. Just the way they talk about it. Their eyes light up. They get all into like, oh, man, I love F and F and F and so-and-so, man. Well, I, I, had that, I had that exact issue with a podcast I sponsored recently. Right. And my, my, th- with this podcast, I'm not, I'm not going to name off the podcast just yet because I, I want to see if – if there's an issue we're trying to resolve, and if we can resolve it, then I won't throw them under the bus completely. But I'm still I'm not to say that I won't talk about this issue, but I just want to see how they're going to resolve it. But let me let me just try to be a little. Let me just try to keep some of the names out of it for now, but still tell the story. Well, it's and called mo- the podcast mo- J. Well, most most <laughs> most of you, most of you are going to be able to read between the lines because everything is out there on the internet. All right. So here's so here so here's the deal. Podcast I really liked. And I go, okay, let me try some new stuff in my business. Let me try sponsoring a couple of shows and see how that works out. And my criterion, though, is is that I don't want to sponsor. Products to try. If you like it, let me know, and then I'll come on as a sponsor. But I don't want to pay you to just be a pitch man. Talk about shit you're not using like you just mentioned, Sincere. Right. So that was that was the stipulation I put forth here. So I sent some products out to the individual in question. A couple of weeks later, I hear, oh, yeah, he, he loves the products, man. He definitely wants to have you come on. I'm like, all right. So now, at this point, I should have said, okay, well, give me a testimonial for me to put on my website. Yeah. That's what I should have said at this point. But instead, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I just took the guy at his word, and I went on and sponsored the show. 
Now, I'm listening to the pitches on the show, and you can tell that there's no genuine enthusiasm whatsoever. First of all, he's not even saying that he used the products. He's just saying, oh, this guy's a great guy, and he's got good products. Go check out his website. That's not that's not gonna that that's not very that's not a strong there's that's not a strong in that will make me want to run to the website and check it out. You know, right. Not, nothing nothing such as, oh, I used Mike's testosterone booster and my sex drive went up, my workouts are better, I feel incredible. You know, not like that. It's like, or I used Restorezyme and all my aches and pains are gone, or I used a recovery oil and I'm sleeping better at night than ever before. You know, those are genuine type testimonials. Right. This was more, hey, you may benefit from these products, but make sure you talk to a doctor before you think about using them. Just <laughs> unnecessarily creating impediments right. to someone making a purchasing decision unnecessarily. All that information is on the bottle. People know that they should talk to their health practitioner before they go down a course of action. You don't have to tell people that unnecessarily and just make something sound unsafe that isn't unsafe. So anyway, a long story short, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a successful sponsorship for obvious reasons. The person didn't genuinely use the products. The person didn't even talk about using the products. And it, it just came off like a contrived pitch, man. It was just right. bullshit. And I realized right away this is – I don't need to you – know, I've got thousands of people that use my products and love it and are giving me feedback. I don't need to pay anyone to say they use it. It makes me look bad. If, if, if anything, it's more harmful than even remotely helpful because it's like why does Mike have to pay this guy to say go check out his products? Right. So it's, it's, it's actually counter – in addition to being a waste of money, it's potentially counterproductive rather than productive at all. Exactly, man. So <laughs> I, I definitely I just wanted to make sure that we brought that up, man, because, again, you got a lot of people who are, you know, they have their goals for 2015. Some people have resolutions. I'd rather focus on the people who have goals, <laughs> not the empty promises. And they, they want to do things to improve their businesses, man. So one thing that we truly love to do on this show is share our mistakes and our experiences on this show and, and try to keep you from reinvent, reinventing the wheel. So basically, hey, man, if you pay attention to some of the things we talk about here, can save you a lot of headache, a lot of time, and a lot of money. Just learn, like, you know what? F that. Okay, I'm glad they brought that up. So it's good to hear that. And then make an educated decision for yourself after that on what you're going to do. We're not saying try to go out and copy New Warrior Training and New Warrior Media or copy, you know, aggressive strength and try to be exactly like us. But we're saying learn from us, you know, because, again, it's better than trying to reinvent the wheel, like, you know, or coming back to us, like, you know what, man, I should listen to you guys on that one episode. I should have paid attention or I should have just, you know, took your advice and not did so and so because now I become one of those guys. I paid this jackass, you know, to endorse my product, blah, blah. He never used it. And then this dude got busted for cocaine and, and sleeping, <laughs> sleeping with a transvestite in Malaysia. And now everybody's associating my product with making them want to go sleep with transvestites now. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it, just, it just reinforces what I've always felt about advertising, that it's not effective. It's, it's a waste of money. Generally, people blow a lot of money on advertising when they're lazy. They're, they're spraying the money hose, hoping that they can just get something for nothing. And the reality is that I built my entire business without advertising at all. It was all guerrilla marketing techniques, yeah. creating great content to attract listeners and then our viewers, fans, and then establishing value so that they felt confident buying my products and services. And that methodology has always worked. Now I have a budget. You know, now I can blow money on advertising, but that doesn't mean that I should. Right. And clearly I shouldn't based on most recent experiences. <laughs> definitely, man. Definitely. So, the other thing I think a lot of people make mistakes in our business is that they reveal way too much about their personal life on social media. Keep that fucking shit to yourself. <laughs> all right. Not only is it not interesting, it's not productive for you to put it out there. And also you come off with this ridiculous 
victim notion of self-importance. Yeah, or you know, you're not you're, that fucking important where everyone <laughs> needs to know about your personal life. I mean, keep, good or bad, keep that fucking shit to yourself. You met a new guy and you're in love and you're you're having the time of your life. Great. Awesome. Why do we need to know about that shit? <laughs> or you just went through a vicious breakup with a guy who cheated on you twenty times. Too bad. Who gives keep a that bad. shit. To That's your life. Yourself. It happens. Guess what? Bounce yeah. back from it. Here's the thing. Anyone who truly matters won't give a shit. Those that are like, <laughs> oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. They have their own shit going on, and they needed a distraction, and you just accommodated them by giving them one. And so basically what you have is this big, incestuous pool of victims, and that is the shittiest pool ever when you have a, just a big pot of everybody's playing the victim role. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that or she did that. I can't believe they blah, 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 blah. Yes, you can. They're fucking human. You should believe it. That's what humans do. <laughs> they make mistakes. They do things that when they're hurting. That's what they fucking do. Stop the bullshit talking about, I can't believe it. I'm with you, girl. I'm with you, dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I didn't, I don't need you to be here with me. Okay. So therefore, look, people work your shit out on your own because your shit is your shit. And you should feel the same way about other people trying to put their stuff on you. Here's one of the biggest things that drives me crazy, Mike, is when someone comes in they're like, oh my God, I just, I can't believe that so and so treats me like this and blah, blah, blah. But I want to do this and I just want to give them a chance and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, and why are you crying? Well, what do you mean? Well, you made a choice. You're, you're choosing to stay with this person or you're choosing this situation or you're choosing to keep doing this in your business and you know that it's tanking every time and you keep trying to take shortcuts and now you're failing. You're not, you're not making any changes. So here's my thing, people. Here's something you, here's a little phrase you can take with you. First of all, I always say beggars can't be choosy and choosers can't be victims. Okay, that's the thing, because if you're choosing this lifestyle, man, you can't be a fucking victim. A victim is someone like who, what James James Pond works with. Those are yes. victims. They're children. They're being taken at a young age and made into sex slaves. Okay, that's a victim. You know, children who are being abused, animals that are being abused, those are victims. They're being yes. beaten. You know, someone that comes into a supermarket with a freaking bomb strapped to their chest and they take out 2,000 people, those are victims. You right. having a breakup with a sorry-ass dude who wasn't about shit, that's, you're not a victim. You made a bad choice. He made a bad choice. You made choices, and you know what you do from those choices? You learn from them, and you move on. You don't but, get mo <laughs> but most importantly, you keep that shit private. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Keep it to yourself. Otherwise, you know, you don't become a topic of a year-end review and a prediction of how to get you don't. You don't want that to be what people think about when they think about your business yeah, or wherever of, else yeah. you do. Think in long term yeah. because now when you when you put all that business out there on social media, now whenever someone looks at you, you're not, they're not looking at you like a victim. They're looking at you like, damn, you're the one that got screwed over. Or well, you don't you don't want to be a, you don't want to be a client of someone like that because they no. may put your shit out there. Exactly. Now, now you now you're now you're worried about that. Exactly. It's like, well, shit, man, Just this like, person can't even keep their own personal life well, private. Man. What, what does that say about what? What if I share something intimate, exactly. intimate, intimate with them? Yeah, exactly. Because don't forget, a lot of times, especially in the fitness industry, we're pretty much looked upon almost in the place of a psychologist or whatever. No matter how you try to get away from it, a lot of times your clients, they're bringing their personal baggage with them because a lot of that personal right. baggage is the reason why they have to come to you in the first place. So there has to be a level of trust. I need to know that if I tell you the reason why, you know, I'll probably have an eating problem or whatever else, or I can't ever focus on anything because, oh, this person cheated on me, you know, I'm still working through that, or I was abused as a kid, or I was called fat as a kid and got thrown down or I got attacked. I don't need I don't need to worry if you're going to go out and put that information out on social media to make you look like, hey, I work with Sincere. Here's a guy that got gang raped when he was six. And and then, you know, here's a guy who got this abused this way and this way. But now I've helped him turn his life around. Fucker, why did you put that out there? 
I will kick you in your throat. <laughs> okay, you know, seriously, I, no one wants to have to worry about that stuff. So again, be professional, people. Keep private stuff, personal stuff to yourself. Yeah, you man, know, just, your you're drama. not you're not doing yourself any favors by bringing a bunch of. Strangers, uh, third third party people strangers. into your personal life. Exactly. A Facebook friend is still a stranger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some people are so hungry for validation, though, that if something is going great in their life, they can't just enjoy it unless other people say it's great too. Or if something's going really bad in their life, they can't just deal with it without other people telling them, "Oh yeah, it's, uh, that's too bad." You know, best of luck with that. Like here's the thing. But, like, okay, yeah, there's some things you can celebrate, man. No problem. You know, move on. But don't sit there every five minutes every time something great happens in your life. Oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, I got to post this. I got to post this. Oh, I got to take a picture of this. I got to post this. Like, okay, dude, it's okay. It just kind of goes back to Mike, even when he's talking about the concerts. You know, if you go to a good concert, enjoy the fucking concert. Don't, yeah, don't I was, document I was at, it. I was at, I was don't at document a the entire show on live stream. First of all, that's illegal. Okay? Dude, I was <laughs> at a Judas Priest concert, man, right? VIP. There's a right. lady, a couple rows in front of me. With her boyfriend, who clearly didn't want to be there, and the reason why I say that is because she was on her phone the whole fucking time. She didn't look up once to watch the concert. She's on Facebook. She's texting people. She's on Twitter. I wanted to grab her phone and throw her over the fucking rail. It was pissing me off so much. It was it was ruining my experience because out of the corner of my peripheral vision, I keep seeing this bitch on her fucking cell phone during the whole concert. I go, this concert's going to be over in about 80 minutes. Do you have to be on your phone right now? <laughs> it just, and I can't. I go to a lot of concerts, right? Probably fifteen last year. Eighty percent of the time, you see this kind of shit. Yeah, it's utterly annoying, man. It, <laughs> it is so annoying. And then I feel about. I feel. I felt bad for the guy because those VIP tickets weren't cheap. And here's him probably thinking, "Oh man, we're gonna go out for this nice evening." And, and she didn't even watch the show one minute, man. If you asked her what she thought of the concert afterwards, she would. What she'd be like, "What concert?" <laughs> so you could have stayed home and done what you did during that concert right say that do some money man <laughs> okay so yeah man on the flip side of things now we had two we had two guests pretty much who were like i think brought a lot to the table man and they were some very highly downloaded episodes man i truly enjoyed the episodes with tom Furman and with vince mcconnell man because these guys brought a lot of just true coaching experience there and these are guys especially like with vince Here's a guy that's pretty much under the radar. He's yeah. under the radar. You know why he's under the radar? He's too busy training people. Highly successful, <laughs> yeah, exactly. high-level athletes from the high school level <laughs> to college There's level. There's the concept. He's actually a trainer who trains people. You <laughs> know, you I, I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even call myself a trainer anymore because yeah, I don't train anyone. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any private lessons. I don't even have any online clients at this point. I'm mainly just running my supplement business, and I'm going to teach a couple of courses this year, but basically just for fun. So, I mean, at this stage of my career, I'm not really a strength coach anymore, and I'm not really a trainer anymore because I don't call myself those things. But there are still a lot of people who do call themselves those things because they post clips on fucking YouTube every day. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're not training anyone, you're not a trainer. It's like you're a strength coach, but you're not coaching anyone. Mark Phillippe is a fucking strength coach. Exactly. He's at the gym every day training people. You know, Sabina Scala is a trainer. She's in the UK every morning, wakes up at 6 a.m., trains people all fucking day. Exactly. Now, me, I'm not either one of those things. So I'm not going to call myself either one of those things. Exactly, man. So, yeah. So, like I said, I, I really like that last episode, especially with Vince, man. A lot of a lot of things you can take away, whether you're, you're training and you're over 50 or if you're under 50. 50. Because there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things you can kind of avoid right now 
so you don't end up being that guy who walks around with a limp and you're like, yeah, man, I used to work out really hard. I used to bench this, used to do this, this, and you know, but man, I've gotten old and my joints and blah, 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 blah. Oh, shut up. You're dying. You don't have to be, you don't have to be that guy who bothers people sprinting on a field behind your house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Ian, Ian King was also one of my favorite yes. guests last year, but honestly, the episode we recorded with him for this year yeah, that's was why I didn't that, say that way. I was like, yeah. well, that's kind of like, it kind of goes into this year, but you know, even though we recorded it at the end of last year, yeah. you know, but yeah. actually, you know, but we did record, you know, with him earlier in the year. Well, was that at the end of 2013 though? Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the first time we recorded okay, the first time. Okay, that, first, that was yeah. an incredible episode, yes, but it, I, I wrote I wrote it down on my list actually before we recorded the yeah, second after this episode, last one, that was which like, we okay. just released yeah. that which was incredible. Ian King is arguably one of he's he's up there with Charles Poliquin as the number one or two best strength coach in the world. Period. You know that's like number three, four, five are so far behind. Who cares who they even are? Right. You know, actually, my top three would be Poliquin, Ian King, and Mark Philippi. Those I, I, any any one of those guys could be number one, and I wouldn't argue with it. And they're all that, that note, they're all that good. Exactly. And on that note, Poliquin's episode was one of my favorites as well, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to get him back this year for sure. He's obviously highly in demand, very busy, so it's not easy to grab his time, but we'll definitely get him back. And I actually had a really good experience with Charles Poliquin because I wrote an article called Eight Tips to Increase Natural Testosterone, and he was nice enough to feature on his website, and he's actually one of my affiliates as well. And that generated a shitload of business for me, mm-hmm. and that was very nice of him to – be gracious enough to allow me to have the article on his website, which basically endorses me because he's not going to feature any strength coach on his website that he doesn't have respect for. He's, right. he's very, in fact, he talks a lot of shit about strength coaches he doesn't like. That's why so many of them try to like bounce back and try to fire back at him, but they're shooting blanks. You know, you just really, well, what are you going to say about this guy, man? You well, know, people, you know. people would be like, oh, he uses steroids. Look at his arms. And I was like, so you know what? I don't know anything about that. But who the fuck cares whether if he uses steroids or not? I don't really care. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything about his training information, his knowledge, and all that stuff. And then what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. And then you look of, at, and these are the same. A lot, guys a lot of the who, guys that are accusing him, I know for a fact, you. Why the fuck are they saying? I was just about to say the same thing. Or they're looking up to another. You know, they looking at other top coaches in the industry who admitted to using, but then they won't talk anything about those guys. So it's just like, yeah. dude, don't. Yeah, every, yeah. Everybody's so fickle and they want to pick and choose. But basically, it, it's just a reflection of their insecurities. It has nothing to do with. It. It's like, well, f that guy. That's the best you yeah. got. That's that's all you have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's it. It's like when someone says whatever. It's like oh, don't ever don't that, ever say whatever. Oh God, that that, word, that's a that's a phrase. You just made no me You just made there's, me there's, saying it right there's, now. There's, there's a couple of phrases no guy should ever use. That's one of them. A couple of other ones are that was divine. Don't ever say that, dude. <laughs> that was divine, bro. Don't ever fucking say that was divine. First of all, you can't right? put bro after divine. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't ever say whatever, and don't ever, don't ever say I'm so gonna be there. I'm so in love with that. I'm so fucking gonna do this. Don't ever. Up, or if you roll up to your boys in a bar, what's up, bitches? Yeah, you're gonna get fucking slapped like a bitch. You roll that <laughs> shit off me, motherfucker. I, it's like it's like I'm gonna show you what the meaning of that word is. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You've been watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yeah, one too many to episodes. That. And that's another thing. If you're a guy and you can't pronounce a whole word, you only use a part of it, like a Kardashian, like you know, whatevs. Oh, simply delish. <laughs> you know, or, or come with, come you know? with, come, come with. Obviously, I know one thing you don't come with because there's no woman that's gonna want to sleep with you when you speak like that. Okay. And then, ladies, don't ever say you're going to the shitter. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> we 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 I think I speak for old men when I say that we don't even want to believe that you go to this shit. Okay? <laughs> you know, we don't want to believe that you even have to go, you know? I mean, a friend of ours has fantasies about being shat on, so that maybe maybe he's the exception to that rule. <laughs> but but hey, those are his fantasies, more power too. But I me speaking personally, I don't want to hear that phrase ever. To my, right? to my, if you're into that shit, then that's your business, okay? But keep it to yourself. And, and don't ever come up to me and talk about how 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 bad the gas has been for you this week. Right? <laughs> don't talk to your doctor about that. I'm not I'm not a I'm not a naturopath or a doctor, so there's nothing I can do for you. you know? <laughs> yeah, what do I do about this this messy diarrhea, Mike, that I keep having? Like, well, a yeah. I don't care. Look, I mean, if, if if every time you go to the bathroom it looks like a crime scene, it's time to get on restore. It's time, first of all, it's time to do a food sensitivity test and eliminate literally foods that are causing that issue. And then second, get on my Restorezyme, which mitigates inflammation so that your gut can heal. That's what you need to fucking and do. And also, let's let's question some things that are in popular culture. Here's the thing, people. Here's one thing I know for sure, to quote Oprah. It's like, when you eat a lot of fat on an empty stomach, it is a, high, it is a one-way ticket to shitty run-runs. Okay? <laughs> so Yeah, you're putting a tablespoon of MCT oil in your coffee, and you're wondering why you have a fucking explosive diarrhea two minutes yeah, later. It's not, it's, it's not a great idea. Okay? But like, but you know, it's supposed to be good for me. Okay, when, like you said, when, it's like why? Because a guy who's thirty-eight and looks like he's sixty says so. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> no, let's just really let's think. Let's not just run with the herd here. As I'm gonna quote my buddy Bart, <laughs> my boy Bart about this. Like, quit following the herd. Not, okay. not only does it not make you bulletproof, it, does, it doesn't even it doesn't even make your your ass fucking. It doesn't make it shitty know, proof. Like diarrhea proof, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it makes man. you more like bulletproof. Poop is more like a bullet poop is what you're going to end up people, being. People people just love things that are Novelty on the fringe. Things, man. It's on the fringe, right? Someone is like, it's like, okay, this is what all of the experts agree is healthy, but that's boring. So let's put a stick of butter in our coffee because that's something different. Yeah, exactly. You know, I had one of my friends ask us, like, you know, oh, man, since I see you really get into the coffee, you know, stuff and everything, man. So, you know, probably like the bulletproof coffee. I said, oh, hell no, not at all. <laughs> I said, first of all, I said, first of all, putting butter in anything is not first of all, he, a person can't claim that when I've been born and raised in the South. If anyone's going to get credit for putting butter in something and, and revolutionizing butter. Can Paula Dean get some props here, man? Because she puts butter in every damn thing. Okay, so come on, man. So I'm I'm, I'm not gonna sit there and just like, oh, here's this revolutionary thing. People have been, I've had uncles and whatever else growing up. I've seen them put butter in their coffee long before that. So there's no big things. You just found somebody who was able to put a phrase and give it a name and then run away with, it. and then because they call themselves a biohacker and all this other stuff and make it look scientific, and all of a sudden, well, <laughs> that, it, that's another phrase I don't like. Hacking. Hi, hacking. You're first not going to hack all, anything. You know, if you go somewhere, especially up north, when someone calls you a hack, it's not a compliment. Okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's not a compliment at all, man. So I'm just so tired in this technology age that everybody's a hacker. There's life hackers. There's yeah, this type of hacker. Optimize is a much better. I'm, I'm exactly. not going to hack my hormones. You know, I want to optimize my hormones. Here's my thing, man. Here in the South, when somebody's hacking up stuff, you know, they're, they're trying to get the nasty stuff out of their out of their body and spit it out. Okay? That's what hacking is, man. <laughs> so you can't make me... You can't say that this is a good thing. Like, oh, I'm a I'm a biohacker. I'm like, what? What does that even mean, man? <laughs> you know, just again, all these buzzwords or whatever to make you look smarter. Stop it. You know, just just stop. 
No, it's, it just cracks me up, man. So you know, you know, before we speak and before we label ourselves certain things, because there's the biggest issue right there: labeling yourself something. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm an expert in biohacking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's come up with? Come up with some phrase that's not part of culture that no one's going to understand. Exactly. So that can, yeah, that's the Sound, other thing. You sounds legit. <laughs> he said, bio. "It's like saying, like, who cares about deadlifting 600 pounds? I can do a Turkish getup with a hundred pound kettlebell." I go, okay, that's great. You're picking an exercise where no one competes in it and barely anyone does it so that you're going to naturally be better than a lot of people just because you've taken the time to make that your priority. <laughs> While a deadlift is an exercise that every strength coach agrees is a good measurement of your overall strength. Yeah, it's like saying you're it's a like... master of sport and booger flicking. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's actually like competing? Who's actually going and measuring off how far you can flick one? Man, it's just like you're, if I see you digging in your nose, you're just nasty. That's it, man. You uh, yeah, you're you're a master of for, you're a master of sporting asphalt sucking, but you're the only, you're the only person to ever compete in it. <laughs> yeah, you got you got that market cornered, buddy. Tell me, you know what? Yeah. You don't have to worry about any competition from me. You can have that market. <laughs> you can be the go-to guy when it comes of that <laughs> you know another one of my favorite guests last year was melia kaplan who yes, runs man. voice for the animals because yes. melia is a legitimate badass yes. she's a lady that will literally put herself into harm's way for the benefit of an animal she's done it many times and she's not ronda rousey she's five foot two and like a hundred pounds soaking wet and she is completely committed to the cause of animal welfare and she does it in a way where she's not alienating anybody. She's not trying to put other people down who don't have her belief system. She's so committed to the cause. She's just focused on that. And when you donate to Voice for the Animals, you can rest assured that that money is going to some good. I mean, I feel great every time I send them a donation because I know. I don't have to wonder, man, I hope this money is going to some good. I know it is because I know her personally and I see the work that she does. She works with the Los Angeles Police Department. She works, she's, a, she's a real community leader. She knows how to galvanize people around a cause and get some serious stuff done. So I, I really enjoyed having her on the show. We've had her on twice, actually. Yes. And she's so passionate. When you hear her, you can you can hear the authenticity in there her voice. There it is right there, man. It's just like when, you, when we bring her on the show, we really don't have to say anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because she's so passionate about what she does, man. And I mean, this just it's really hard for you after listening to her to not want to go like, OK, I'm on the website right now. I'm going to become a monthly sponsor right now. Just yeah, here, man. here you go. You can't – that kind of passion right there is invaluable, man. It's very it is. invaluable, and you you got to love that. And how can you not be inspired? No, Even if you're not trying to go out and, and rescue animals or whatever, how can you not be inspired to do something that you know deep down inside, I'm actually passionate about this, yeah. and not act on that and stop, you know – just going through the rigmarole of everyday things that you feel are safe and that they don't do anything for you. They don't, they don't do anything for you. They don't energize you. They don't inspire you. They don't give you any benefit to want to get out of bed every morning. You know, yeah. so that's the one thing, but that's one thing you can learn from her with that kind of passion, man. Yeah, and man. you're talking about people who are passionate and have a, a zest for life, man. Another one of my favorite episodes, man, was Aurora Colello, man, because yeah, here's man. someone that's, that's taken on all types of adversity in life. You know, with with multiple sclerosis or whatever. And she's one that didn't fall prey to the doctors giving her the doomsday, you know, clock. And like, oh, you only have a certain amount of months to live, a certain amount of months before you're going to go blind and all this other stuff. She she refused because she she's a 
testament of how powerful the mind can be. So you can sit there and say, oh, that's woo woo or whatever. But here's someone that did it because she because of her belief system. She's like, nah, there's just no way, man. I'm not giving up. I have too much to live for. I refuse to not fight. And I'm going to do I'm going to make the changes necessary to win this fight. So she changed her diet up. She changed her lifestyle up. And all those different things played a big part into actually helping her really deal with all the really harder aspects of multiple sclerosis, man, and fight through that. And here she is inspiring people big time. I mean, it's funny, you know, there are times where we have big spikes and downloads from her episode, man, every yeah, few months. Yeah, just, la- just <clears throat> last month, there was a huge spike in downloads yeah, for that episode. Exactly, man. Again, you can, you, even if you don't have some potentially debilitating disease, you know, hovering over you or something like that, Here's an episode and here's a here's an individual where you can be inspired by their energy, man, and how they approach life. And you can just capitalize off that and like, you know what? You know what? Why am I sitting here feeling sorry for myself and posting about my crappy relationship and and trying to play the victim role right here? Like, here's someone that refused to be a victim. So who the hell am I not to do the same thing? So that's what you can really get from that episode. That's what I really loved about that. And on the side note, man, as a wrestling fan growing up, one of my favorite episodes is the fact that we had Amy Dumas on our show, man, a.k.a. And that's, Lita. That's, that's Dumas, not dumbass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, we had it's a.k.a. Like, Lita. Like, say dumbass to her and see and what I happens. I dare you. Come on, she'll do a hurricane Rama on your ass, man. Come on, you don't know what that is. Go YouTube her doing one. And then you're you're going to feel like a dumbass real fast. <laughs> exactly. You know, me as a straight-up wrestling fan growing up, man, that was like a real highlight for me, man, especially just to see – how well she's doing after the WWE and actually also seeing that there was more to her than just being a wrestler. You know, growing up, I saw her, you know, and then in my twenties or whatever, I saw her as this high level WWE superstar. But now, you know, after that and then me being a grown man, I get to see how passionate she, how passionate she is, you know, for, for the care of animals and, and, you know, and also just with life and also how she's handling business now after that, because a lot of times when you invest so much time in that world, it's no different in MMA. Some of these people have been professional, wrestlers since they were like 16 years old when they weren't supposed to be professionals they were lying for about their age and they were 18 trying to say they were 18 or whatever and they've been doing this for 20 30 40 some of these fuckers are still doing it 50 years later and they should stop you know because you're too old man to be taking those kind of bumps but here's someone that realized i can't do this for the rest of my life hell she broke her neck you know so it was, yeah. that, there's a hint right there like you know this is it's a hard business you know, doing sports entertainment. Absolutely. Because you know, they, they're working over 280 days a year doing this, taking these bumps and bruises and all this other stuff for the sake of entertainment. So, you know, if she's someone that was able to transition. We talked about this with Mac Danzig, you know, what it's like to transition, man, after you've retired from a sport you invested so much time in. And a lot of people have a hard time doing it. Amy is someone that's done quite well with her transition after doing something like that. She spent most of her life, you know, putting in the blood, sweat, and tears in that career, man. So another great inspiring story right there and pretty much how to reinvent yourself and what's next, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how Kim Blackburn retired. He, he went from being a professional ass kisser to a professional kettlebell instructor. So he was able to <laughs> – now, now and he was able to parlay those skills too. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, now he's had, he's had phenomenal success. <laughs> no, I really liked Amy too because she and I have a lot in common in the sense that she's a big punk hardcore fan just like yeah. I am. And she's really into animal rights and plant-based diet just like I am in physical training. So I really felt like she was kind of a kindred spirit for me as well. So that was that was a lot of fun, man. That was a cool 
cool episode. Yeah. And uh, another one I really liked was Ted Rice. Yes, because man. Ted's a friend of ours. He's got his own podcast. We've both been on his show. Great guy, yeah. fitness professional. What I liked about Ted is that we need a lot more authenticity as well as vulnerability, vulnerability. in yes. our world. And he came on the show and told us about how his kid brother was kidnapped and brutally raped and killed. And it was an extremely tough episode, I'm sure, for him to tell the story, although he's told it many times, but and also for us to listen and have to right. – I think we were both speechless by when he told us the story and turned it over to us to comment. Right. But it was a very compelling episode. And then what was really inspiring is not only how they've managed to, to move, move forward, forward yeah. but also what they're doing moving forward. Ted and his, his father, Don, who's also on the show, another great guest mm – -hmm. They run an organization where they get bloodhounds trained so that anytime a kid is kidnapped, police departments will have bloodhounds who have incredible senses of smell and can find these kids a lot faster. Exactly. There's a good there's a good chance that Jimmy, their uh, Don's son and uh, Ted's brother, Ted's yeah. brother yeah. would have still been alive if the police department over there in Florida had bloodhounds. So if you donate, I think it's a thousand bucks a month gets a bloodhound trained yeah, and so placed every, in a police every, department. Yeah, exactly. For every thousand they get each month, you know, that's one more bloodhound that gets to go to a police department. And these, these dog, these dogs are never put down. So when no. they, when they're, when they're too old to be service dogs, they are rest. They're, they're putting they're in rescue facilities. Yeah, yeah. They're sent to someone's home. A lot of times you the, can the adopt them. Officers. Yeah. A lot of times the police yeah, exactly. officers that work with them exactly. end up taking them in as their own you know as part of their family and yeah. so again uh, two great examples of people not playing the victim and actually moving forward and taking that pain and taking taking that you know that 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 test in their life and making it a testimony to you know to make sure the next person doesn't have to go through that pain that they went through so right. again you know again this is about not being the victim and playing the victim role this is why being a victim is just useless man we have too many examples on the show of showing like okay there's no there's no benefit in playing the victim you're just like okay what are you going to do you're going to learn from it. you're going to get stronger that's what you do you tear things down you build things back up again this is simple physical strength it is also works with your mental and emotional strength too. Things get torn down to get built back up and come back stronger. It's just like a muscle. And that's next, all next time is. someone plays a victim, I'm going to say, "What do you want? A junior G-man badge?" <laughs> <laughs> and the random quotes continue. <laughs> I, I can I can quote Heat from start to finish. Man. I remember I was talking to Tom Ritz, and he's like, "Oh, I'm a bigger Heat fan." I'm like, "No, you're not." Mm -hmm. I go I go pick a scene, any scene, and I can fucking tell you the dialogue <laughs> and continue. I was like, "You could just name off a phrase from Heat, and I can continue that." <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he challenged me five times. He's like, "Okay, I give up, man. I'm tapping. I'm tapping out." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's just like um, my boys and I. I'm like, you can't beat me with Boys in the Hood. You can't get me on Minister Society. You can't get me on Juice. You can't even get me on Cul on Pulp Fiction. It's like, no, I will quote them all to the point. Sometimes watching those movies, my wife she's like, can you shut up? <laughs> okay, we get it. You know this movie, okay? My, I get uh, it. <laughs> my, my brother and I are both like that with Roadhouse, right? Like oh, if Roadhouse yeah. is on and Roger is within hearing, he'll he'll be running down the hall and he'll just like he'll just pick up wherever the scene is. Well, remember, like, you guys nice. are too stupid to have a good time. <laughs> he goes running off. You know? yeah, it, it would be fun to sit there and watch Ken and Roger face off in a Roadhouse in a it's Roadhouse like, quote like, off. I'm on my break. Stay on it. <laughs> oh man guys are too stupid to have a good time <laughs> <laughs> be nice remember always be nice <laughs> so, yeah. you're gonna have a pet keep it on a leash <laughs> <laughs>
No, so Ted, Ted's episode was really – that was a really compelling episode, really powerful episode. I Also, on a personal level, I really enjoyed having Freddie Madball on yeah, because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the of the New York City hardcore legends, Madball. I grew up listening to them as well as Agnostic Front and Biohazard and Chromex, and we got Billy from Biohazard coming on the show soon. And Freddie was such a cool guy that it made me enjoy his music even more because I can tell you, man, I've I've been fans of bands before. And then I met some of the people, and they were total jerk offs, and I can't listen to their music hey, man, anymore. Let me tell you, I came from an industry, you know, that's pretty much all I worked with. You know, I, <laughs> I either worked for the record labels with those artists, or I was a DJ, had to interview those artists. And then I was like, God, I wish I hadn't met that dude, because I used to yeah. really love your music. I can't even, certain artists now, they even come on, I'm like, oh, that whiny, yeah, exactly. that whiny little bitch. You know, that's how I feel, because, you know, I had so many. So many that feel so entitled, man. Especially, it's 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 terrible. It's such it's such babysitting. It's one of the reasons I was, I'm so glad I'm not in the music industry anymore. You know, so many of those artists, you, you pretty much they're treated like babies by the label until the label has no use for them anymore. And then the label expects you to treat them the exact same way. And I was never that guy. You know, there was one time one of these artists I, that remained, you know, nameless. You know, who was very popular and now is transitioned to acting. You know. He and I pretty much almost came to blows because wow. I w- didn't have a street team that had like his his posters on every freaking telephone pole in a certain market we were supposed to be in. Well, here's the deal. The thing is, they knew who worked for that label. And if they saw that poster, they knew who to call and who to come arrest for, you, yeah. know, you know, for that. And I wasn't going to jail because that label said label at the time wasn't going to be able to pay. They weren't going to pay my bail <laughs> to get me out or whatever. As yeah. long as that artist because to them, they were like, well, that's still good publicity. At least people know, blah, 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 blah. And so he was upset. I said, look, are you going to if I get arrested or anybody on my street team gets arrested, are you going to pay for it? Well, no, that's supposed to be your job. I said, no, my job is what I'm doing right now. I'm taking you to the next stop. You're doing a promo. You're doing, you're signing autographs. You're doing a meet and greet. That is what I get paid to do, to get you in front of the people that buy your freaking records. Someone looking at a telephone pole is not going to be compelled to go buy your record. You're looking right. at a poster on the because guess yeah. what? There are 15 other posters on that telephone pole. And also, the fact like the fact the fact that it's on a telephone pole already invalidates. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, well, when's it's, the last time you saw something on a fucking telephone pole <laughs> that that provoked you to call the number and see what it is? I mean, come on, man, you're not going to exactly. take it. You're not going to take it seriously. A, a card on your car always gets thrown away. Oh a, flyer a flyer on your on doorstep gets thrown away. Here's what pisses me off: sign on a telephone putting the flyers on the side. Like putting it on my like passenger side window or my driver side window, and that shit slides down into my car door. You know, <laughs> you know back in the days when I was DJing at clubs, man, I would love to. The car I had back then, I always wanted just to open it up and just see how many freaking flyers have gone in there to die. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's the worst thing ever. So if you're one of those people out there looking to promote your business, I'm gonna tell you right now, handing out flyers is a bad idea. Bad because, for the environment. It's bad for your budget. Exactly. It's, it's, Come it's on, save a tree, it's man. It's not effective. Man. Exactly. Because this is what people are going to do. They're going to hold the flyer and then look at you and say, "Oh, so when is this?" Like, dude, the date is on the flyer. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, so, you know how you be successful in our business, man. Create great free information yes. and put it out there. You write a great article, you can't stop that article from going viral. Exactly. You put up a great YouTube clip, you can't stop it from getting thousands of views. And guess so what? It's not going to get thrown away content. unless you delete it. It's not like a flyer to somebody or a business card somebody's going to toss away or whatever and put it in a recycle bin if you're lucky. At least they can help the environment with that. One thing about it, you put that YouTube clip up, it's up there. You put that article up there, it's up there until you decide to take it down. So therefore, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Even though you think, like, oh, that article's old. It's not to someone who just found it. 
It's new. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I people I still get emails and articles I wrote back in 2002. I have to go back and look at some of the yeah, YouTube videos. I have, I have to go about. back and re, I have to go back and reread the article myself because I don't even remember what they're talking about. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, you know, here's an updated version of that. You know that, right? So, <laughs> and hopefully you do have updated, you know, version or information of some of those clips or articles or whatever. And it's not like the same yeah. old stuff unless it's the true uh-huh. basics, like you know, the basic exercises of like, okay, we're talking deadlift, squats, all this, you know, just having that as a foundation. Then yeah. There's not too much you're going to do to update that information because that's, right, right. that's like breathing. Like, well, I got a new way of, you know, expounding oxygen and, you know, getting rid of um, carbon, mono- you know, carbon dioxide. Yeah. And good, good training information from 50 years ago is still good yeah. training information. Exactly. And that's today. the reason in fact, why. In a lot of ways, it's better than anything else out Exactly. Today. That's why another one of my, I feel like it was a very, it was a privilege having this guest on our show was Clarence Bass when you talk about oh, that, yeah. man. Here's someone that's stu- it's like stood the test of time, all the gimmicks and whatever else, because his information is still freaking relevant because he takes the basics and he makes it where it's digestible and how pretty much anyone, once you get past all the gimmicks and all the glittery stuff that's out there, when you do the things that he talks about, he teaches, he coaches, you can't go wrong. Think about think about Clarence does. You got to get past all the naked pictures of him. Clarence, put your clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, well, you're ripped. You look great, but you're you're fucking sixty five years old. There, we don't need no, to see you 70, naked. Seventy five. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm thinking about the other naked guy, Steve Maxwell. <laughs> it's like Steve Maxwell. We don't need to see pictures of you coming out of the shower, buddy. That's for you and Teresa to enjoy. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Keep it private, buddy. Keep it private. <laughs> it just reminds me of that scene I was telling you about. Um, you know, um, think like a man. You know, act like a lady. You know, when Kevin Hart comes in and his his roommate's walking, he's like, "Man, can you put your shirt on?" I mean, seriously, there's nothing but guys in here. You're making me very uncomfortable. Put your shirt on. <laughs> he's like, "Seriously, man." So yeah, yeah. If a guy comes over to my house and the first thing he does is take his shirt off, that's going to be a little bit disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's like 30 degrees outside. Takes his shirt off to work out. I'm like, no, dude, oh, put man. that shirt back on. Well, he man. could, you know, he could go old school Jackson's MMA and start tweaking his nipples before you start your sprints in the field where your neighbor doesn't want you there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so, yeah man so yeah those like, like i said those are some of my favorite episodes man from last year it was a solid year man and it was what's funny what's so crazy is like here we are we are a year and a half into this game man you know in a few months we'll, we'll be celebrating two years of doing this show and it's pretty freaking awesome man so and it's got a lot more to go got a lot more to go but in order for that to happen gotta support us you know yeah. so your support is well, I mean, that, that's one thing people don't realize is that, yeah, we love doing the show. It's fun to do. But if it's not beneficial for our businesses, then we're not going to do it. You know, right. we can we can talk to each other anytime we want and have a good conversation <laughs> like we did yesterday with that recording. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like it's not, it's not like we have to do the podcast for our own personal benefit. We we have, my business is going to be just fine whether we do the podcast or not. Yeah, but the yeah. podcast is fun to do. I want to be a contributor putting out good information. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if it's not good for my business, then it's not worth doing now. Fortunately, it's been good for my business mm-hmm. because we've had a lot of great people buy my products and services, your your products and services, they, give they us attended, great reviews, yeah, they share our, the episodes. They attended yeah. the LLA Summit last September, you know. Yeah. So you yeah. know, they, and everybody had a great freaking time, you know. So. A lot of people are doing their part, but looking at how many downloads we have, a lot of people aren't doing their part. And if you can't buy anything or you're choosing not to buy anything, at least give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Share the episode on Twitter, Facebook, or Google+. You know, do your part to help promote the show. Yeah. 
And if, not everyone's going to have a budget. We understand this. We're not. We're not going to. We're not going to give you a hard time if you're not buying something every week. We get it. Yeah. But you can. It, it doesn't cost you a dime to tweet that episode. And it, you know what really irritates me is when someone just favorites an episode on Twitter. Don't favorite it. Retweet that motherfucker. You know, get it out to your <laughs> yeah. list so other people see it. Yeah. It doesn't and- take you any more time to do that. Yeah, so yeah, go hit that retweet button because no one's gonna really see that favorite, man. You know, yeah. people, people favorite, favorite a lot of stuff. Thanks, yeah. You know, yeah. but it's even worse when it's a guest that does that. Like, you can't retweet yeah, yeah, an episode exactly. that you were actually a part of, really, dude. But guess what? You've just put yourself on that list of people who will never come back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just that. Oh, and, we, and we have people on that list. Oh people yeah, that, that list. Yeah, that people list. that didn't do people that didn't do dick to help promote us, which ha- which helps them. It's like they're on the episode, where it's actually to their benefit to promote it. Even even then, they don't. You know what that tells us? It's telling us that you want to leverage our audience, but you don't want us to leverage your audience. That's exactly. what you're saying. Exactly. And and we don't believe in situations that are not mutually beneficial. Trust us. We've, <laughs> we've been on other people's podcasts, and trust me, we have shared those episodes. We've included those episodes on our website. Absolutely, so you can go find it because we're we're all helping each other. And in fact, I did a, a, a um a podcast. Well, a while back, a while back, um, straight to the bar podcast, whatever. And I even talk about reciprocity and the lack and transparency, whatever, and the lack of it in this business. The and lack thereof. How, yeah, yeah, exactly. How you cannot be that guy that I was talking about or girl that I was talking about in the first place, man. And we, sh- you know, I shared that. I wasn't afraid to share that because, you know, it, hey, why not put it out there? And again, there's a lot of good information and some great feedback came from that podcast. But again, I didn't try to keep it to myself and not want to talk about it because, hey, I might be afraid it might step on some toes. I hope it stepped on some freaking toes, (laughs) you know? So, 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 you know, hopefully it didn't. If someone disagreed or whatever, no big deal. You know, the thing about it, we're men, we're women, we're grown-ups or whatever. We can agree to disagree or whatever. I have my opinion and, you know, based on a lot of experience. So no big deal with that. And that's where you, you should be as well, the way that you carry your business and yourself. Hey, everyone's not going to agree with you. Thank God. Because you don't want, if, here's the thing. The fact is when you become a, like, like the saying says, when you become the major, a part of the majority, it's time to reevaluate the way you're doing things, man, in the way you're thinking. Because there's a problem when you're part of the sheep. Yeah, I don't, I don't even I don't even follow the herd when it comes to <laughs> going out and having a good time. Most people go out on the weekends. I don't. Why do no, I need to go out on Friday? I can go out on Monday I night. On, I can go out to tonight. My, Wednesday Tuesday, night. To my Tuesday is my favorite because you know why? Most of the people are not around. <laughs> you know because yeah. Wednesdays can be a little tricky because it's hump day and everybody starts thinking, okay, the weekend's coming. <laughs> you know, it's the thing. So I like Tuesdays. People don't like to do anything on Tuesdays. Well, I mean, if you, if you take day. if you take my testosterone booster, then hump day is every day. But hump that's another day. topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, a Tuesday night in Vegas is better than Flint, Michigan on a Friday night, <laughs> or Fenton, rather. Fenton, let me be more specific. I mean, especially in Las Vegas, you don't need to go out on Friday night. You can go out and have a good time any night out here. Exactly, and it's a lot It's a lot less expensive to go there during that time, too. That's why I like to travel to Vegas like on a Sunday and leave on a oh, Tuesday. Oh, fuck yeah, man. You can stay at a five-star hotel, hotel for 99 bucks. Hell yeah, yeah. So that's, and that's what we do. So there's your travel tip for 2015, people. Go to Vegas on the off days. You still have a great time. Yeah, go on a, go on a Monday, leave on a Wednesday. You're going to have yeah. a great, great little trip. Exactly. And you'll come back a little bit with a little bit more money in your pocket. So there you go. All right, folks. So again, we just talked about you can leave, you can rate and review us. You can share those tweets or you can also not just like stuff on our fan page, but actually share the stuff that we post on our fan pages as well. Or 
You can also support us monetarily with our businesses by hopping over to newwarriortraining.com or mikemahler.com. Get 10% off of all of Mike's supplements over there, his DVDs, T-shirts, all that good stuff, anything that you can purchase, as well as a New Warrior Training. You can get that on my coffee stands, my DVDs, my eBooks, all that. All you have to do is put in that coupon code LLA. Supports our businesses. Not only does it support our businesses, it also supports a lot of great charities, including some of the, our favorite episodes and the, the people that run those, those charities who we mentioned in this episode right now, where we're talking about Amelia Kaplan, we talk about James Pond, you know, even Jim Firestein over Save the yeah, Champs. Save the you're, Champs. You're, yeah. You know, and also the, the, the Jimmy Rice Foundation. You actually get to be a part of all that. When you do support our businesses, whether you do it directly on your own and go support them or you do it through us, we'll be a conduit for that. We have no problems with that. And then another way you can do it on a, even if you're a little strapped for change and you're here, you can do this on your own. So basically you can decide how much you want to, what you want to support for the show. Just yeah. go to patreon.com, patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Make your, join us, become a patron of the show. Each month, you can decide how much you want to donate to the show, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. It's really up to you. You get to decide that. But all those, anything that you do, it counts. It helps. It really helps us to continue to produce a quality show and make it worthwhile for, especially for us to reach out and get the quality guests that we're bringing onto the show. And we appreciate that. So Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash LLA podcast. So there you go, folks. So on that note, let us know, hit us up, and let us know what your favorite episodes were in 2014, man. And, um, you know, you might get a mention on the show. We might give you a mention, you know. <laughs> Somebody, I was listening to someone talk about shout-out and how they don't like that phrase. You know, you're talking to a guy that was a DJ and all this, and I used to say, hey, want to give a shout-out to, hey, well, big shout-out. Quit shouting. Lower your voice, man. <laughs> somebody, somebody, let me yeah. give you a mention. Hell, and if you're someone that's contributing to the show, you get an honorable mention. Okay, so there you go, folks. All right, that's enough for our little review. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of other shows that might come back to us like, you know what, we forgot to bring this up. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So it's going to be a good 2015, man. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I mean, there were so many. There really wasn't a bad episode last year. They were all really good episodes. And some of the ones we mentioned today are just ones that stand out to us right yep. now. And like you said, probably later on today we'll be going, oh, man, I forgot about Jen Firestein, Save yeah. the Chimps. Or I forgot about James Pond. James or Pond, Jason, I think, was a year Jason, before you last. Know, yeah. Jason Iberg, you know, Jason Nyberg, you know, he was inspired by our show and really helped him change his life and turn it around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. That was a great episode. Stephen Cutler. I mean, there were so many good episodes. Sean that, McMaster, just like, hey, man, yeah. I'm going to go over in Spain and start rescuing these dogs. Well, man, I'm, I'm happy to see Sean's episodes getting a lot of traction. I've noticed that a lot of people have been downloading it yeah. last month. Perfect. So that's great to see because he's a great guy doing a very unique, fantastic thing. Exactly, man. So there you go, folks. All right, people. We'll see each and every one of you in the next episode. Take care. Take care.